I'm recording now. Anyway, so this is Ron. He um, is, serves on staff here as the man who collects money, <laughs> right? Yeah, so he yeah. does our tithe. He's, he's the one that treasuring. I, I deposit the money he in the bank. We need him. Because if yeah. not, we wouldn't have this. I record it. He records it. to make sure no one's taking it. Yeah. Um, also, he teaches Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Yes. So if you're really in debt, take that class. Yeah. Or you really don't want to be in debt, take that class. Yeah. And it's going to cost you money. It's kind of... And it, <laughs> it, it's only $90. $90! Now, listen, that's $10 a week. That's affordable. Oh, that, that is... $10 That's a week, nine weeks. Yeah. I'm not ready to give that up. <laughs> I'm not that bad, so go ahead. Okay. All Here's right. Ron. All right. Okay. Now, listen to me. I know that you are used to energetic, enthusiastic Sheena here. There I am. And she's at one end of the spectrum. I'm at the other end of the spectrum. You know, I... I could be a, a 3M representative because... You mean like post-it notes? Because, no. 3M? 3M, because I am mundane, <laughs> monotonous, and uh, what's the other M I have here? Oh, you're so cute. Um, Mon and monotone. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's the 3M. But, but, you know, I have an answer for that. If anyone's having trouble, stay awake. I have toothpicks here. And you only need one toothpick. And you can break it in half. And then this, this will help to keep oh your eyes God. open. <laughs> so I'll just leave that out there. Just teasing, OK? Just teasing. All right. But, but please know, not to make light of this subject, because I am very passionate about this summer, th this subject. And this is a subject that if you do what I tell you today, you will literally take the results to the bank, okay? Uh, it, it'll put you in a good way. And, I need to take uh, notes. The, 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 there you I go. Need a pen. You better get a pen. And this is wrong. Thanks for joining us. Okay. I didn't pray, so you can. <sighs> All right, uh, just to start things off, I, I want you to think of your all-time idol. You know, it, it could be someone who has lived in the past, someone who, who you think, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. If I could just spend some time, you know. Of course, someone other than Jesus, okay? Um, so if you think of, of an idol, and if they come up to you and say, Rob, I want to have dinner with you guys tonight, um, you know, and I want to come to your house and have dinner. You know, what would you do? Do you think you'd um, open up a can of Campbell's soup, you know, or, um, or you know, you know, someone who, who you would have high respect for is coming to be with you and you want to impress them. So my thoughts are that, that you would roll out the red carpet for them and, and have something 
um, very wonderful for them to eat. Okay, and and so when when you think of okay the the, the first family with Cain and Abel, even though that Cain and Abel were like um, at that time. Um, living in the fallen world because of their mom and dad, um, we see that Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer. And, um, and Abel, his younger brother, um, you know, tended the, the flocks. And so the, the, the Bible says that they both gave their first fruit offerings, but um, the younger brother's offering was accepted. And how many here have a younger brother or sister? Okay, and, and you know, if you would see that happen, you know, you, you would get a little bit jealous, right? You know, why isn't my offering accepted? Um, that they both, the Bible says that they both gave of the first fruits, but for some reason, and the Bible to me uh, isn't clear, but um, Abel's was accepted. And, and so um, Cain um, slew Abel. But, but um, the, the real point here is they both knew to give their first fruits to the Lord. It wasn't written in any laws. It wasn't written in any commandments at that time. And we see again uh, in Genesis 14.20, Abram gave to Mel Melchizedek, and um, he was the high priest, a tenth of the spoils for his victory to rescue his nephew Lot. And, and here again, it wasn't part of the law. It wasn't something that, um, that someone told him that he should do. He was just so thankful for the um, victory um, to regain his captured nephew Lot that when, when Melchizedek came onto the scene, he gave him a tenth uh, of the spoils, <clears throat> okay? And also in Genesis 28:22, Jacob vows to give a tenth of all that the Lord gave to him. Now you remember um, Jacob stole Esau's birthright and um, because uh, Esau was the older brother, but um, Jacob got the birthright and he was fleeing to uh, another country to um, take up a wife. And I, I want to read to you uh, in Genesis here what happened there. Uh, Genesis 28, 13 through 15. Okay, so he had left the country and, and uh, it was sundown and, and he was um, 
ready to, to go to sleep and um, and it says and behold the Lord stood above it and said I'm the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac the land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed and thy seed shall be as a dust of the earth and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east to the north and to the south and in all thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed and a, and behold I am with thee and I will keep thee in all the places where whether whither thou goest and will bring thee again unto this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. So, I mean, that's a pretty amazing uh, promise from the Lord. And, um, and so when um, uh, Jacob woke up, he in verse 22 it says, And this stone which I have set for a pillar the stone that he laid his head upon, uh, shall be God's house. And all that thou hast given me, I will surely give a tenth unto thee. So here again um, is a man who is just so thankful that God has blessed him, that God has given him such remarkable promises and his natural reaction uh, was to, to give back. And so, and again here, this was before the, the law of tithing um, came into being. Uh, tithing became a part of the law in Leviticus 2730. Um, you, you can look that scripture us, up um, yourself. And, and tithing is still observed in the time of Jesus. Now, this is a quote from Jesus in Matthew 23, 23. You know, and, and you know, you'll hear people say things like, um, <clears throat> tithing is just an Old Testament um, law, and, and it's not, not for the New Testament. Well, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23. Uh, it says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, which are judgment, mercy, and faith and love. Um, these, um, meaning tithing, these you ought to have done and not leave the other undone. So he, he's saying there's nothing wrong with tithing, but the weightier matters are, is just a love and a concern um, for mankind and, and being kind to others around you. 
So um, it's, it's, but see, the Pharisees were all wrapped up in the law and, and, and tithing on every little uh, bit of income. And they were saying, how great am I? But, but they are rotten to the people around them. So, um, so again, Jesus says you should tithe, but not ignore the more uh, weightier things of life. Here, um, I believe the greatest endorsement for the tithe is in Malachi. And... Um, just one book back, the last book uh, of the Old Testament, and um, and I'm going to start with um, verse seven, and and this is um, the prophet Malachi and talking to the people, and and this was a, a message from the from the Lord to those people. It says. Even from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you. That they were in a backslidden state, <clears throat> saith the Lord of hosts. But ye say, how shall we return to thee? Well, and then he says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But, ye, but you say, Where have we robbed thee? And then the response is, In tithes and offerings. And it says, You are cursed with a curse, for ye have, you have robbed me, even this whole nation. But bring ye all the tithes in the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And prove me now herein, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. In the New American Standard Version, um, it, it says... Uh, uh, and I'll pour out to you a blessing that there um, shall be no more need. And, and so when I heard that, first of all, he's rebuking them for not being obedient in the tithe because he was telling them that they were robbing God. And, and, he, and he says... Um, I will bless you um, until there is no more need. So even in their need, he wanted them to be obedient to the tithe. You know, probably over the last 20 plus years, I've been working with people on getting out of um, charge card debt, financial debt. And when I first started these classes, I, I didn't hit much on the tithe issue because I thought that 
here are these people with um, mountains of debt before them, and I'm going to tell them to tithe. Logically speaking, it's a stupid thing to do, logically thinking. But according to God's word, um, these people were not tithing, and they were living under a, a cursed lifestyle. So he, God is telling them to be obedient in the tithe. So when that finally got through this thick skull, I started telling my um, Financial Peace University students that tithing is not an affordability issue. Oh, when, when I get enough money. Tithing is an obedience issue. And, and so, um, even if you have debt, you know, and, and, and at first I thought to myself, how can I comfortably say to them, you know, uh, start tithing even though you have a mountain of debt in front of you, you know. And then it was like God told me, Ron, your word isn't on the line. My word is on the line. He says, test me now in this, saith the Lord. You know, be obedient to the tithe. And it's just like, I can do this, Lord. I can tell them. And this is what God will do in return. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, Satan, neither shall your vine cast forth her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all the nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And um, um, I, I feel that this is step number one. It's at the top of the list. It's don't pay off your other debts first. Be obedient in the tithe. And what that does, it it puts God in your corner, God who has, who owns, owns it all. It, it places his resources um, in your corner. And, you know, step number one, 10% be obedient in the tithe. And, and truly, um, I know some of you do not live at home anymore. Some of you are, are um, fresh in, in your career. Um, the ones that live at home, this is the perfect time to start because um, uh, 
you know, th there's a lot of other expenses that you're going to encounter as life goes on. So um, put that into practice, be obedient in the tithe. <clears throat> Number two, save something of everything you earn. Now in the Financial Peace University classes, this is baby step number one. It's um, Dave Ramsey says, um, put a thousand dollars in your emergency fund and leave it there. It is not a pizza fund. It is not um, a, a brand new um, $200 tennis shoes fund. It, it is an emergency fund. You know, some of you have your own cars. You know, $1,000 uh, for repairs. Uh, that may take care of the problem, and even $1,000 may not. But, he, but Dave Ramsey says, um, baby step one is to put $1,000 in an emergency fund. Proverbs 21.20, there is treasure to be, to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise. So, um, and, but a foolish man spends, spends it up. Or another um, translation says, a foolish man spends it all. Um, I used to be a foolish man because... I used to live from pay to pay. Even though at that time I was still obedient in the tithe, I had other issues that um, needed to be fine-tuned in, in how I handled money. And, um, and so Dave Ramsey says, uh, to save something of everything you earn. Put it in, in that uh, emergency fund. Save up $1,000. Okay, and, and here's why. The emergency fund is the first step of defense toward unexpected emergencies. Not your charge card. Um, not a loan from mom or dad or, or anyone else. Um, your emergency fund. When my wife and I, um, we had a home equity loan that, that uh, me, with the wisdom that I had at the time, took out a home equity loan, and, and I says, I'm going to pay off this loan with the extra um, tutoring that I did after school, that I was working with a special needs boy and, um, and I was paying for this home equity loan um, from, from my, my tutoring. Well, uh, and I, we borrowed $15,000 to, to be repaid over like 10 years or so. And right at that time, um, the boy that I was tutoring went into an institution. Now, this, this really dates 
what I'm telling you because they don't do that anymore. You know, the institutions have been banned and the kids are out in the communities and group homes now. So anyhow, this boy went into the institution and I had these bills to pay and I saw right away that if I didn't get another job that we would be operating in the red. I was never late on one payment. And so, uh, okay, uh, I'll throw out a, a, a f funny addition uh, here that I wasn't planning on, on sharing, but in, you know, sometimes I think God wants to see what, what, you know, for your mistakes, you know, what you will do to, to correct the situation, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I talked Ron Ed in, into doing this home equity loan against um, her advice, you know, so I've got to make this right. The job that I got to pay off this loan was a telemarketing job. Now, mundane, monotone Ron, <laughs> working on the phones, trying to convince people to, um, to make contributions to MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, and you know, I mean, I, I truly tried my best in this job. But the voice isn't here, there, you know, it, you know. But anyhow, I had this job for three months. I gave it my best, but my best wasn't good enough, and so I was canned, okay? But, but I, I say all that, you know, just to say that, you know, it left an impression on me, you know, you know, husband and wives have to be in one accord in your decisions. Whether you think that, you know, you are the head of the house, Ronald, and you will make this decision on your own, wrong. You know, he gave us helpmates and we bounce things off each other and we come into an agreement and make our decisions. So anyhow, um, we, we f and, and I heard on the radio, Larry Burkett at the time, and he says, don't borrow on the equity of your home, um, pay it off as soon as possible. So I'm thinking, now I hear this, you know, after, you know, I lost the tutoring job and, you know, you know, why didn't I hear this earlier? So I decided to take Larry Burkett classes on helping people get out of debt, and I, and I started um, doing that here at Word of Life, and, and then I did that for several years, and then Larry Burkett passed away, and Dave Ramsey came onto the scene. So then I began to use Dave Ramsey's materials. But anyhow, um, uh, that's just a, a little addition there. Okay, number three. And, and this is such a temptation.
to every family out there. Avoid going into debt for any purchases. When you think of all the money that goes into interest payments for charge cards, for mortgage payments, for um, automobiles, when you, when you add up all those things and truly see how much money you're paying out in interest, it, it's like, God, there has got to be a better way. And there is. Um, Deuteronomy 28.12 The Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give the rain unto the land in his season, and to bless all the work of thy hand. And that thou shalt lend to many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. Borrowing to my wife and I, we avoid it like the plague. Um, and and we, we live our lives for it. Um, uh, you know, it's like this. For m most of my life, we've been a one-income family. And, and so growing up, you know, w with our family, I've had three kids. They've all been in private school. And um, we've had house payments. And, you know, we had two cars. And... Um, to add, you know, another loan on top of that, you know, is, is just, you know, I, I just didn't want to go there because things were tight as it was. And so, um, other than the home equity loan, that was the last loan that, that we, we took out. And after paying that off in two and a half years instead of 10, we both purposed in our heart that whatever we purchased, we paid cash. Now you're thinking, you know, how does he pay for his cars? How does he, you know, we put additions onto our house. Um, uh, uh, steps up to our front porch. Uh, fenced-in backyard. Well, uh, we, we saved up for every need that we have. Uh, we saved up and paid cash. And, and people that, that um, sign up for the Dave Ramsey class say to me, but Ron, you know, Automobile payments are a way of life. And, and I say, say to them, I says, no, they're not. I says, from when I turned 16, and I'm 66 now, I will show you 
I've written down here how much I have paid in interest in all of the cars that I've bought all my life. I have not paid one cent of interest to a bank because I have paid for all of my cars in cash. Granted, during the lean years, I was driving cars, 100,000 miles, um, you know. When it came time to, to get a new car, I would go to car lot to car lot and tell them I have, you know, under $1,000, $600. What do you have on your lot, you know, for $600? And, and it was hard for me to say that. And um, they showed me rust buckets. They showed me cars with holes in the interior, um, you know, rocker panels rusted out. Um, cars that would cost another $600 just to get them back on the road. And, and at that time, one of my best friends, uh, his dad owned a car lot. But the pride in me didn't want to go to him and say, you know, Paul, I do, do not want to go into debt to buy a car. Um, what do you have for this amount? And, and he showed me a car <clears throat> that I used to think was the ugliest car on the road. <laughs> it was a gremlin. <laughs> but the seats were pristine. There was no rust on the car. The lady had it for 12 years, and, and she didn't drive it in the rain. Um, there was rust on the front fenders, but the lady, before she traded it in, had the front fenders replaced, so there was no rust on the car. I mean, it was my white stallion. It was a white car. I mean, all I could say is, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because, you know, I got that car for $600. And, um, but God has always provided for the cash that I had. Some of the cars were given um, from, um, you know, my mother-in-law had a Chevette and she was trading it in or um, instead of trading it in, which they would give little to nothing for it, uh, she gave it to us. So we had the Chevette for a while. Um, you know, I've had Pintos. I've had Chevettes, you know, all kinds of, and a Pinto wagon. But, but they all were uh, with cash on hand. And, and, you know, here again, you'll hear people say, when you buy a used car, you're just buying other people's problems. I have not found that to be true. I believe that when you commit it to prayer, uh, God will bless you. 
with a good solid car. And, um, and you know, so I tell people I, in, in the budgeting class, when, when you pay off that last payment, so many people are ready to go out and, and get another car to replace it. I tell them, I says, hold on to it as long as you can. You know, now that you don't have those car payments, pay into your savings account. And, and um, so the longer you can keep that car going, uh, the, lo the more money you'll have for your next car. And, um, you know, Right now, the last two cars that we, we have, um, in 2011, when I retired, I bought my wife our first brand new car. It was a, a Jeep Compass. It wasn't a Lexus or anything like that, but it was our first brand new car, and I paid cash for it. Um, and then, um, so I took her car, uh, it was a Suzuki at the time, and then um, was having trouble with that, and I traded it in on, on the car that I'm driving. And it, and it was the first time in our lives that we had two cars that were under 50,000 miles. You know, and, and, you know, that's exciting to me. <laughs> Because, you know, no matter what the economy does, I don't have to worry about the bottom going out and, and losing both cars because I can't make payments, you know. And, you know, right now, money's in the bank. We're saving up for our next car whenever that will be. Um, so... Um, Those of you that have credit cards, make sure you pay the entire balance each month. People spend more money when using a credit card as compared to using cash. When you have to take the cash out of your wallet and count it out for your purchase, cash is more emotional. You think twice before you let that money go. And credit card, it's just a swipe and you're out the door. Um, debit cards, at least with a debit card, you can only use as much as in the account. And the debit cards have a lot of the same um, perks as credit cards do. So, but, but even with debit cards, um, you know, still, you'll use a debit card, of course, not um, as often as, as a credit card, but, but still, um, like I said, cash is more emotional. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> we talked about car loans and even house loans. Now, this is one area that Larry, um, Dave Ramsey says, you know, um, that, you know, he understands home loans because, well, number one, 
you know, God provides for our promises to pr provide for our basic needs in life, food, shelter, and clothing. And, um, and so um, whether you rent or whether you buy a house, you still will be making uh, monthly payments. So uh, Dave Ramsey gives the guidelines of borrowing no more than 25% of your, the breadwinner's take home pay. So he's saying that, you know, um, if uh, the, uh, usually goes on, on the, um, the responsibility on the husband, even if the wife may be the main breadwinner. But, um, but see, if, if the wife gets pregnant, then, you know, the responsibility will go on, on the male. So he's saying that no more than 25% um, of your take-home pay uh, should should go to your your mortgage payment because when you get more than that then on on your budget you'll be short you'll be scrambling in other areas like food clothing um, auto repairs you know gas um, and all the utilities that you have to pay. Uh, so he says 25% is a comfortable number um, to operate from. And he says, do not take it out for a 30-year loan. When I refinanced before I took the Dave Ramsey classes, I... It, the rates were coming down, and I refinanced my mortgage. And they said, you know, now take, keep in mind that this is the banks talking to you. The banks are in business to earn money, to make money. Uh, so they're saying, they're saying to us, don't strap yourself, you know, to... to make the the um, payments on a 15-year mortgage you know spread it out over 30 years that way you have a little bit of breathing room but what they don't tell you is how much more you'll be paying for that house paying for it for 15 years longer than compared to a 15-year mortgage so but you know and, and never get a loan that that they penalize you f to in, in early payments or paying on the principal. You know, just don't do it. Um, you know, when it came close to my retirement, um, we were paying on the principal more and more. And you know, I was thankful to say that. The house that we, brand new house that we moved in in 1989, um, we paid off the year before I retired, and that was nine years ago. So, you know, um, 
and you know that the, the, you still have payments because you have to, you have to save up for taxes and you know you have your utilities and you know you have your your continual operating expenses but it's it's just so nice that you know no car payments no credit card payments no house payments and um yes um i'm living off less now than when i worked but life is good you know and i thank the lord for that because he brought me from a place where i was living from pay to pay with nothing in savings and um and now you know we don't have finance fights and and i thank the lord for that and and that's that's one of the 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 most um common um problems in, in a marital relationship is in finances so um do what I have given you, put them into practice, and you can take this money to the bank. Thank you. Thank you so much, John.